Offers. Without a doubt, the most exciting part of the business. Here's how we're gonna do them, make them, and what to expect in positioning with the client. This is Dennis Plintz, and this is the Hustle Podcast for real estate agents. With over 15 years of experience and over a thousand homes sold, this is the place I'm gonna share my experiences. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Everybody and anybody that wants to push their business to the next level, let's go. All right, you've done all the work in regards to getting your client ready for an offer. You're likely listening to this, hopefully, right after the buyer's segment. You've taken them out, you've wined them, you've dined them. Uh, One thing I didn't mention there that's worth noting here, you know, you've promised that you buy coffee and lunches all the way along, and then they get to buy dinner to celebrate. It's kind of a nice way to end the process, which is beginning your relationship with them because you're likely going to buy a lot of coffees and lunches and snacks along the way. And to take the pressure off when that awkward moment comes, just say, you buy the dinner when we find you the right home. So let's talk about making offers, when to make them, how long to keep them open, and managing expectations around offers. There is strategy in regards to making offers. Please know that. And early on, I would say that one of the most stressful parts of the business for me um, was offers. And it's something I've come to embrace, partly because that's how we know when we're going to get paid on offers. And of course, that's the thing that we need to be able to always be focusing on. So let's get uh, into how do you make them? You know, when do you position the right structure of an offer? Well, the how to make an offer is pretty basic. The most important aspect is what's the price going to be on the offer. But how you manage expectations around price is going to depend on how well prepared you are with your due diligence that you have done in advance. How much research have you done? Market comparables, you know, looking at properties. Hopefully you've had a sense, you know, of which property they're leaning towards and you can do what you need to on the fly, on your mobile, or hopefully in advance, if they tell you before your showings, look, I we really like this one. Do your best to know how it's priced. You know, know the history of it. Pull title on it. See what the mortgage is on it. So you want to focus on price first and foremost. But remind them, the buyer, the next most important, almost as important, and likely deal breaker is going to be the conditions. How many conditions do you put in the offer? That's going to be somewhat reflective of your buyer's situation, but knowing that you really only need one condition. If it's an intense competitive situation and you don't want to overly complicate things or scare the seller, remind them that you can go with just one condition, which we'll talk about as well and how that covers off all of what you're going to need to do, which which could include, you know, five or six different Uh, technically conditional aspects that you can cover off in one called buyer's due diligence to their satisfaction. Possession, time frame, and any special circumstances. So set your buyer up to know those are the five key aspects that you're going to need to consider. Price point, the conditions, the possession, the time frame in which to leave the offer open until when you position the offer, the time frame in which to do that, and any special circumstances. So beyond the basics of do they love the home and what are their expectations around price point and conditions and timing, 
you have to understand the reality of the marketplace that you're in. Not all of this goes out the window, but all of what we're going to cover here does get modified depending if you're in a buyer's market or a seller's market. Understanding what conditions you can or cannot have in there will be relevant of the type of market. Is a buyer's market or a seller's market? A buyer's market, as you should be explaining to your client, means that they have the power for the most part. It means there's lots of listings, lots of inventory. Sellers are desperate. It means the buyer's going to win and they need to feel like they're going to win. Seller's market is the opposite. It means there's not enough inventory. Scarcity applies. Buyers are losing. Competitive situations all over the place. So, in either or circumstance, you have to educate your buyer, explain to them the basics of what both of those mean and how they're ultimately going to affect the price and the conditions. Price point is going to be dependent on the market comparables and the thing you can't measure on paper, your buyer's appetite. Everything else that you need to consider or not consider revolves around that. How much do they love the property? There have been times, side note, story, that clients have wanted a property so badly that I was willing to risk everything, including all of my commission, and put it on the line to get it for them because I cared. Meaning I have gone into a competitive bid situation and put our best position forward and left the door open with the realtor to saying, if you need to negotiate my commission, I'll do it. That's more around strategy. I, I highly recommend... Um, you check out Hustle, my book, the chapter on negotiating and the separate podcast episode that we'll have on negotiating is stellar. My favorite topic. I think you'll love it. So going into a situation where a client of mine wanted uh, a property at all costs, we actually went in with two separate offers ready to go. It actually turned into three separate offers meaning the first was the lower price point, a competitive bid situation, same offer, but a higher price point. And a really cool technique there that's around negotiating and positioning your offer is, um, is to understand that you can ask that your offer be presented first or you can present it first and ask that they let you know first, give you the courtesy because you're there in person, you're there with your client, ideally, if it's not gonna come together on your offer, let you know first. And then I quickly ran back to the house with my second offer and they saw it was even better and they said it's still not good enough. And I ran back and I did it with my third offer. We got the deal. The realtor actually called me after and said, hey, that was pretty strategic. Like, how did you really pull that off? And I explained it and then I wrote a book on it and it's the chapter on negotiating. After you've determined your buyer's appetite, how desperate are they? You have to then set expectations according. Look, if they really, really want it, and although the comparables say it's worth 500000 and your buyer is looking at a property that's listed for 10% more, a 10% margin is within reason if they really, really want it. So don't worry too much on the comparables if their appetite is strong enough. Make sure they're educated and they understand they may slightly be overpaying and in a seller's market, that's not a bad thing because the market's rising. I don't recommend it in a, in a buyer's market. If it's a buyer's market and the market's falling, really manage your client because there's nothing worse than overpaying by 10% and in six months it's worth 20% less. 
So knowing your client's expectations, number one, knowing the type of market you're in, number two, and number three, doing your homework in advance of writing the offer and at the time of putting the offer together, you've done your research, you can back it up, you can tell them where they're at, and that will ultimately, all things equal, position you to negotiate fairly and properly with the seller's agent. Conditions. The number of conditions that you have should include, of course, the very basic condition. I highly recommend if you don't put anything else or you don't want to put the 13 special conditions in, just put in subject to either, depending on your jurisdiction, lawyer review and approval to the buyer's satisfaction or subject to review of the home for a one-hour visit to the buyer's sole satisfaction. Either of those give you access to either have time with your lawyer to review it, consider things, go through it, then let them know you actually need an inspection at your buyer's request or you need to look at it with an appraiser at your lawyer's request or you have some special situation around wanting to measure the energy in the house, the electrical magnetic fields, which we've done as a part of a deal. All of it can fall under that one simple thing. But subject to the buyer's satisfaction at the buyer's sole discretion as a condition, meaning property inspection or another viewing subject to the buyer's satisfaction and sole discretion, allows you to not concern or overly concern the seller. Sellers don't like to see lots of conditions, regardless of the type of market. So try to keep them simple. The other condition you should always have whenever possible is a home inspection. That may include environmental, it may include air quality, it may include a bunch of things, but just having the basic home inspection condition in there protects you, gives your buyer peace of mind, and gives them two or three hours to be in the house. Hopefully that's a basic and a given, but it's not always. Protect yourself, protect your buyer. Last and not least, the other standard condition is financing. Getting the bank's approval, giving your buyer the time to get their ducks in order, allows the buyer to do what they need to do with their lender as a financing condition. Those are the basics that you should always have. And again, customized depending on your buyer's urgency to get the property and the type of market you're in. Remember, tip, he or she who has the most conditions is usually the one with the most power in the end but too many conditions make sellers nervous. Okay, if you are in a seller's market, too many conditions will leave you vulnerable and you'll miss out. Keep it simple, keep it short, keep it sweet. Most of the time, you only need one. Knowing what conditions are going to matter to your buyer really come under under the due diligence that you're going to have to do once you get the deal in place. So trusting the price gets accepted, the conditions one, two, three, or 30, Please cover off the basics of what your client's expecting to make sure they become a client you're excited to talk to in 6, 12, 18, 24 months after running the home. Some basics that aren't standard conditions but are going to matter. They are going to matter to your client would include pet approvals, um, selling a home, whether that's a part of their financing condition, parents approving the property, utility statements and reviewing those. And the one golden condition that's not actually a condition, it's due diligence for our team is meeting the neighbors. You know, you don't want to put that in as a condition, but I highly recommend during your conditional period, you knock on the doors for your client or with your client to meet the neighbors. There's nothing worse than selling somebody a beautiful home and the neighbors are 
unruly. Be clear that you've covered it all off. Get your offer in place. Know what your clients expect and start negotiating. The next step, let me just scroll down. A good rule of thumb to consider in setting things up around the price point is car sales. A friend of mine that was a mentor in the used car sales business taught me something that is tried and tested in the car business and we've proven it in real estate. The price you're going to go in at relative to the comparative market analysis is likely going to be a number less than what they're asking. In a seller's market, side note, if you've got competitive bids, assure your client that if there's more than one bid, that's confidence to them that the property's sought after. And if there's more than one bid in a competitive situation, you should likely be paying the asking price. If there's more than two, you're likely going to have to go over asking price. Three and four and five, it's a wild card and you do your best. But without competing offers, the price you offer and the price they're asking should set up the closing price, which is likely going to be the number between those two numbers. Psychologically, when you are the buyer and let's say the property is listed at 500 and you want to get it at 475, the number you should offer is 450. And then when you're on the other side, the selling side, a number to consider is when you look at the offer, whatever it comes in at below your asking price, if the number between your price and their price isn't the number you're willing to accept, then don't accept the first offer in any way. Don't, don't even counter it. Reject it. Used car sales can teach you a lot about real estate sales. I hate to make the comparison, but it's true. And the price point you should be considering is the buyer and the buyer's agent is the number between their asking price and the price you offer is likely where you'll close. So go in low, negotiate like hell, get your client a great deal. There are consequences, last two points on pricing, of going too low. Managing your client's expectation to say, if you go too low with your offer, you may just get rejected completely. And you don't want to do that because then you're chasing them. You don't want to chase them. Make sure it's fair. Make sure it's um, considerate and it's not insulting, especially if you really, really, really want it. Now, if it's a really desperate sale, do whatever you need to do. Everything goes out the window. There's not a lot of harm in testing, but know the consequences. The condition around possession is one that you should really focus on. After you've done due diligence, you've got the buyer's fundamental conditions in there, just know that the possession is almost always negotiable, as is the price. So set your buyer up for a negotiation. We often have buyers that say, look, I just offer the price. That's what I want to pay. That's all I'm going to do. Make sure they understand that life is is a negotiation. Everything is a negotiation for the most part. You know, whether or not you hit snooze on your alarm clock is indicative of the fact that negotiating happens all day long and it's not going to be different with real estate. So even though you're clear and you're uh, a type A personality and you don't like to dick around, which I quote, I've been told, the other side's going to want you. And that's my job to do it for you. So sometimes you can say, you just tell me what you're willing to pay, absolutely willing to pay, and I'll do my best to get you there and I'll call you tomorrow and then go to town. The uh, time frame in which you do this though, to know that the other side wants to negotiate depends on how quickly you make up your mind. Never position an offer in writing late in the day. If you do it too late in the day, the seller has all night to consider and their realtor, if they're good, is going to have all night to drum up other offers. This leads to time frame. 
Writing the offer as quickly as you can with your client is key. As we talked about in the last episode, if you're out shopping for houses and you've only looked at two and you have 20 more to go, but they love, love, love number two, you write the offer, of course. You can say, look, we're going to write this offer up. We'll go see a couple others because you've already previewed them. Another massive benefit to previewing so you know what to expect. But we're going we're gonna to get this offer started because you want to do it ideally before 4 o'clock p.m. in the day. That gives you the evening to negotiate back and forth. But if you don't do that, you will end up in a situation where the seller can compete and play your offer against other people's offers. And you don't want that. So position it quickly, get it in writing, and then before you submit it, ask the other agent what to expect for a turnaround if you submit. Because then you can go back to the table Position that with your client, manage their expectations for a response, and know whether you should submit it today or tomorrow. Now, don't wait too long, because likely, of course, not likely, but um, there's a possibility you might miss out. So letting them know that the sooner you can move, the quicker. And the answer I always give when somebody's somewhat on the fence about either making an offer or not, or the time frame is always to say, listen, we have a rule, which is you gotta take a shot at it to at least know you did before it's gone. It's difficult when it's only the first or second property, of course. They think, geez, we've only looked at two. But remind them, from your experience, here's the line to write down, from my experience, the first or second or third is often one of the best because we've done a lot of work to get ready. And if you look at 10 and this third one is gone, you might not ever see something like it again. So take a shot at it. Leave the offer open for no more than 24 hours unless there's special circumstances that apply. Getting the offer in play, getting a response, and getting everybody started in the process is the key. Special circumstances, the last thing we're gonna talk about. This is fairly self-explanatory. I hope, I hope you've done your due diligence with your buyer, you know their expectations, you know their fears, you know about feng shui, or you know, what types of neighbors, or has anyone died in the property, or has it ever flooded, or environmental issues, all those special buyer, unique and specific circumstances need to be covered off once you've got the offer agreed to, and in play, and you've negotiated like hell to get it for your client. Sometimes their expectations may be out of whack, but you need to know what their expectations are. Because managing expectations is everything to making offers. You set them up accordingly in advance based on their level of interest. You know the price point to go in at and likely the realistic price point based off of the homework you've done on the property and on them and of the marketplace overall, whether it's a seller's market or a buyer's market. You need to know if you can go in with lots of conditions or a few conditions. And you always need to talk to the other realtor before proceeding. Call them. The minute you find out your client is interested, preferably not with your client because you never know what crazy thing the other realtor might say, to ask them questions about. What is your client expecting? Do you have any offers on the property? When will we likely get a response? What's a good possession? Listen, ask those questions and you'll be shocked at how much information you get to better manage your client's expectations going in. If they're not that interested, don't worry that much. Submit the offer and move on. But if they really want it, which is most of the time because it's hard to find another one with that perfect paint job, the beautiful garden, the front door, the white picket fence. And when you do, pounce on it. Get the offer in place. A few nuggets, as always. Always be in a hurry to make an offer. 
but don't be in a hurry to close the offer. Move quick, do your homework, get your client ready, write the offer, but don't push your clients to close anything. Follow their lead. Always, always, always. Number two, cover their ass with conditions, due diligence, questions, and cover your ass by asking the right questions and get everything in writing. Everything you do with that client every time you meet at every step in the negotiation, get it in writing. A relative of mine wrote an offer once that got all the way through to conditional stage. We did the home inspection and my home inspector said, I don't like this property. It's a two out of 10. They should not buy it. I took that to my client, family member, and they went ahead and insisted anyway on buying the place. I made them put in writing that they had bought the property against our advice and the advice of our home inspector. Get everything you can in writing, diarize, and when needed, get your client to sign off an initial to cover your ass, but to make sure they know that you're working for them. And lastly, when you're negotiating, be willing to bend the rules, but don't break them. Most controversial section in hustle is the fine line between negotiating and lying. You can tempt it, you can dance on it, but don't break it. Do your best to get your client the best deal you can for the right property, and the rest of the career is going to be the best career you can handle. As always, it's Dennis at Plints.com. Please like this or share it. That means the world to me. That's why we're doing this. I'd love your engagement. If you have any questions for me about offers, negotiating, buyers, or anything I can do to help you, shoot me a message and I will do my best to get back to you. It's Dennis at Plints.com. Have a great day, and I wish you success with your offers.